Hey guys, great news. I'm going to be at the world famous Showfields on Saturday, January 30th from opening to closing. That will be noon to 7 p.m. Stop by, shop my crystals, maybe get some Reiki from me. Come meet me, come say hi. Hope to see you there. for businesses and uh, she has an interesting story. She originally had the goal to be an academic and earn her PhD and teach film, but she started working at a horror film festival in Wales and she was going around and giving a lot of information to people and she realized that that was her passion. So now she's called the film festival doctor and she's an innovator in this field. Her company has won more than 800 awards for her clients, and she's supported 850 creatives to achieve their filmmaking dreams. Sure, she has hit many roadblocks, made a lot of mistakes, and struggled, but she kind of cleared the path to her great business, and she uses her guidance and her spiritual practices that she's learned from different experts, and she put it in her business and she wrote an amazing book called Born to Do It, Becoming the Leader of a Business Niche Using Powerful Spiritual Techniques. She wants to save you the same headaches she experienced and she provides a roadmap to business success that embraces the spiritual principles that right her ship. It's a book for someone contemplating the entrepreneurial journey or for anyone already growing a business that is struggling or need just like a lift so what she will do is help grow your business niche energetically brand your business create a solid business infrastructure and craft a strong sales pitch and implement cosmic ordering manifestation and feng shui techniques into your business for maximum success so i think this is an episode that both men and women are really really going to enjoy and i am looking forward to what people have to say after listening to this and if you have any thoughts comments questions feel free to reach out but enjoy the episode hi dr smith how are you hi davina i'm doing good how are you i'm doing well thank you thank you for taking the time to speak to me my pleasure great to speak to be here such a lovely podcast you have a gorgeous gorgeous imagery oh thank you so much <laughs> i love the cover of your book thank especially. you thank you <laughs> how's your day going it's going well it's been actually took, actually about, about the book i just spoke with my publisher and she's mm-hmm. talking about obviously we had to move our launch of the book to be online on, on September right obviously obvious reasons um so we're just working out how you're doing it's actually quite fun i thought i don't know how it would work but now she's told me it's going to be quite cool doing like um facebook and instagram lives throughout the day reading experts mm-hmm. book and little award competitions as well to give out free gifts and whatever it's actually quite exciting <laughs> so oh, I'm like, nice. we can still do it in a good way than what i than what i wanted to do, to do so that was good yes good everybody's learning how to pivot right now it's very important yep absolutely it really is would you please introduce yourself to the listeners so my name is dr rebecca louisa smith and i am the ceo and founder of a company called the film festival doctor that's my day job and i'm now a published author 
and I've just launched and paid back my book, Born to Do It. Lovely. So where did you get the idea for your book? Well, it's kind of actually unexpectedly happened during COVID-19. I became inspired to write. So I was actually asked by an Indian um, publishing company. Um, Mm -hmm. They were doing a book called Unique, um, which was a a book of positive life stories by people who had their own companies and so on and so forth. So I thought, okay, well, I, I I did that. And then a publishing company who actually I've known for a while, the lady that runs it, she wanted to read it. And then she said, have you ever thought about writing your own book um, to promote yourself and what you're doing? And your life story is great. And I said, well, Mm. never really. And then she Mm -hmm. told me about how, you know, books work. So deep down, I was like, actually, I really want to do this. I want to write a book. So I remember when I got some feedback from some people that read that interview, who were business owners they always said you know you you gave us motivation to keep going didn't feel alone and one reader said that the honesty of the story inspired her to reduce her fears and loneliness and isolation when she was running her first business so I was like oh I'm gonna have to I know it now I've pennies dropped I love everything about business and spirituality and I fuse both principles together in my business I wanted to write a book that showed people how to do that and launch their first business using those practices and tap into their sole purpose to discover what they're born to do and to be the best at what they're going to do. I love that. So what does soul purpose mean to you? Because I have discussed it with a few other guests, but what? how do you define soul purpose? So the way that I define it is I read a lot about it over the years. And the one I mm. like is a really good um, psychic medium called Amanda Meda, And she really explained it quite well that to her, and I agree with her vision, is that a sole purpose is the reason you are here on earth. It mm. is it's actually the sole purpose inside you that gives you that drive and discipline to do the job that you were born to do, whatever it is. That's your thing, in other words. Um, right. So it keeps you in alignment with your own truth in your body, and it motivates you to get up in the mornings and do what you need to do. So like business owners, for example, um, that's where they have a big customer base, and entrepreneurs, they get up with that drive and ambition because they're doing what the soul is telling them as opposed to doing a job that you hate so I I was in that same place once before I remember doing a job um where it was nine to five pushing around papers (laughs) and not Mm -hmm. particularly very inspiring and I didn't I I felt quite like not me and then and then that will change but it it makes you realize that you don't want to be in that place by not thriving every day because that doesn't help you at all so that's my kind of perception of it and then we all have one of these just something for certain people everybody has a sole purpose within them and we're all born to do something uh, what it is your sole purpose will tell you when you can sit and tap into obviously or you hear that deep inner calling but everyone has one and nobody has one that's the same everything is identical your unique own sole purpose to you right so how do we tap into our sole purpose so the way that I tap in well when I t- teach people about it but the way that I advise people to do it is to sit, sit down. Not, soul purpose is not an easy thing to do, I have to say. It's not like you sit down and go, mm-hmm. right, this is what it is. It yeah. does say, it's, not, it's actually one of the hardest things to do. Um, I mean, I found it by accident, but basically the way that you'd, the best thing to do it is to sit down and to, and to think about what is it that you really are drawn to? What do you wake up drawn to? And mm-hmm. is there some kind of activity that makes you lose all sense of time or a craft that you work on where when you step into it, hours pass and you can go through lunch, breakfast and dinner, whatever. That will help you. So a good example is a friend of mine um, who I was friends with a long time and I helped Tim tap into it. 
So he was doing this job, they call it a dog's body job, basically a job where it was like literally pushing around fresh air in an office and doing nothing responsibility, no no life in it at all. And just he could spend a whole day in the office and not do anything. Mm. And I said, oh, it pays the bills. I went, well, hang on, you can't live your life to pay the bills. Right. So he was like, well, it's there for now. I said, well, you know, hang on. At weekends, what do you love to do? I mean, a job doesn't have to be a hobby. He said, you know, your job's in film. And I was like, yeah, but it's not a hobby job. It is a job that has substance to it. Right. So he said, to, so I said to him, right, think about it is what do you love doing? What's what's your hobby job? And then he said, oh, I like making candles. And well, there you go. I mean, that's one, okay. that's one thing that like everyone in their house is a candle. Never mind beauty spire at a hotel. So think about that. And then at weekends, he began making more candles. And then he had the confidence when he began to really enjoy each morning waking up and making candles to then set up an Instagram page with an Instagram shop. And then it went on to then people saw that and then it was word of mouth and the snowball technique. And now he's pretty much doing that full time. The other job has become two days a week just that you just to cover up the bills until this one becomes mm-hmm. 24-7. But that was, that was actually through sometimes the sole purpose, sometimes other people help you tap into it. It's not something you just sit down and go, what is it? When other people give you that, that nudge, when you put it out there, you want to get it, other people can help you find it. Amazing. Good, mm-hmm. good. It is difficult. I, I feel like when I ask people that question, do you know why you're here? Yeah. They always just give me the same answer. Does anybody really ever know? And I go to them, well, I, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But that's, I think I'm a different case because I've kind of made this into a hobby and it's like turning into a job. Yeah. But it's deep in me and I've done the things to obviously bring it up more to the surface. So that's what I also just tell people. I'm like, you need to do more things that your soul is called for, like your soul is calling for. Oh, yes. Whatever that makes you happy, you need to follow that. Well, exactly. You're spot on. It's what makes you happy is very important because he wasn't happy. He was dreading each morning going on the tube to go into the office because he hated it. That's not what you should do. No, that is not good. Um, But you're right. It's what makes you happy. It's like when I tapped into mine, mine was totally Mm -hmm. not what I expected. So I was studying for my PhD in Wales, Aberystwyth, in, this is back in 2008, around that time. And I thought that I wanted to become a, a lecturer at a university and research and, and live in the world of, of academia, basically, because I already had... Like a professor. Like a professor, yeah. Right. So that's what I thought, because everyone else was doing it in my university when we were young. I just kind of followed suit, I think. But then I did enjoy the area that I researched in film, which was film and audience research. So I, I, lived, I had some kind of interest. But then when I got asked to produce a film festival at the university, mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, it'll be a hobby job, a distraction from a lot of work. You know, a PhD is very isolating and it's a very, very. Like, it's very much in your own head kind of thing. So I thought right. this would be great to distract me from this, like quite a big project, it's quite stressful. And then when I was doing the festival, I was like, oh, my God, I feel alive. I love doing this. Amazing. I think I really want to do this for a career. And then when I was at a conference, somebody turned around and she said a friend of mine she said um don't you just love academia is this the best thing in the world isn't it doing this and I went no it's not <laughs> not for me I bet you're shocked she was like really she was like oh isn't it fun I was like I'm not feeling this at all so I realized that it wasn't for my career was was this what I was born to do was to work in the film festival area the film industry that niche and what I do now is find a gap in the market with my PhD skills is that nobody at the time was helping people get their films into festivals. Right. And there was a business then. And I, then I finished the PhD and then went straight to London and built the company up 
to get it where it is now. And that was to my sole purpose guiding me and not letting me down and trusting it because I just felt me. I felt myself for the first time in like, I was like 26, uh, 26 years. This, oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Before it was like having fun with friends and whatever, but career wise, I didn't know until that really took it off. Like, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So this part I really thought was interesting, wearing the right colors. So why is it important for ourselves and just everybody and like our business as well? Like how could we adapt that Yes. into our business? So I used to, when I was younger and even when I was at the university, I'd wear a lot of black, gray, maybe some bits mm-hmm. of white on pinstripe, whatever. It wasn't particularly very, shall we say, bright. And at a networking event, one of my dear friends introduced me to a lady called Marie Diamond. And she is um, one of the contributors towards The Secret. She's the Feng Shui expert. Oh, I was saying that sounds so familiar, the name. Got it. Yes. (laughs) So I just met her like she was there. And I was like, wow. And she she looked stunning, obviously. And then Mm -hmm. she told me uh, during this event, when we met for a one-to-one session, she said that you need to have like more color in your life because what you have now you're far too dark and there's too much black uh within me and you need to have something that's more abundant because colors actually guide you towards um being your actual true self so i was like okay so i didn't really know what that was until uh, until she told me so when i met her i was in like a black dress and a white cardigan and she said you need to wear Mm. more saffron gold and yellow saffron yellow sorry gold rose and pink and I was like, hmm. well, I'm not convinced by that. I said, well, why? <laughs> and then when she told me why, it made sense. She told me that wearing saffron yellow will help to activate compassion when I chose to show like trust, patience, and kindness towards my clients. Uh, and it would also help me listen to advice, create gentle sense of love and support, and feel more compassion for myself. And with gold, you know, that's like activating abundance because gold is like, you know, wealth and success right royalty royalty the whole lot um and also to help me and my and my clients also the color rose she said you have to make love and you want to be more open Mm. relationships that are not just business but also friends family romance etc business associates the whole lot and pink is like tenderness and she told me these colors she gave me a list of like she wasn't quantum colors which are all um created by her through feng shui and law of attraction so I was like, well, okay, well, I'll give it a go. But it sounded ridiculous at the time because I wasn't obviously in that right. space until she became a mentor to me and, and taught me. So it took a while to get it around the head. But then when I looked at her, she like literally shone like a diamond. <laughs> like wow. all her clothes like blended together really well. And she had a striking presence and it was just perfect. And I thought, well, people always look at people are looking at right at her. I mean, because she looks outstanding and her energy is strong. And she said it will make you change your energy in yourself when you when you wear these colors because it's just different kind of mindset than being dull and black. So I was like, okay. And then I went from wearing like dark colors to like bright pastel shades. And then I created this very instinctive and striking look and I felt amazing. And I just felt a new person wearing that. And it really helped a lot in terms of, you know, with business and with personal, the whole my whole life. Um, so it really helped close business deals. It helped have a presence on social media by having the right colors at events and striking and staying out from the crowd. So it does make a difference and you feel in yourself, you and not someone who's hiding behind the shadows. I love that. A lot of good tips for everybody. Thank you. (laughs) 
So how did um, it transform your company logo? So with the logo, my logo is very, I wanted to be very distinctive. So when I first started my company uh, up back in 2010, I wanted to make clear that as I work in the film industry, a lot of men work in the film industry right. than women, to be honest. It's quite heavily male dominated. So I wanted, yes, it, it is. is. So I wanted to make sure that the logo had a woman on it and it, you know, I was a woman. So my company is called the Film Festival Doctor. So I wanted to make sure that there was a woman in that in the, in the presence of a woman and also that it was a very distinctive logo and it did look great and then she saw it uh, when I was at the networking event and I said oh this is me and I will be like proud of my business and then she said um oh there's a problem here with the energy I was like how and then she said um that I can see the intention you want to put you know across this woman but look at the logo here first of all it's all in black there is no color, so it's making the making it dull, and it's not projecting a very high vibration, slow vibration. Right. And to make it worse, she said, is that the woman that you've got in the front, she does look great, but her head is turning away from the lettering of the film. As a doctor, she's not looking towards it; she's looking at she, her, her back's behind it. And in feng shui kind of a kind of uh, law and uh, abstraction, you're looking behind your clients; you're not looking at them. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, and she did, can actually have the opposite effect than what you might think. She, you know, she's backwards. So if you, if you turn that around, you put color in there, put red on the film festival, because it's obviously film festival red carpet, and put red and gold on there. You need to really make it stand out, because right now it's tucked away. So it needs to have right. a lot more kind of like a better energy, and you know, put bits of gold in a certain place on the logo, put the red here. Because <clears throat> if you have, she said, you know, with your back towards your clients, it means you don't want to talk to them. So how can they trust your brand if you're not going to engage with them from the offset from the start of the logo? It's almost if wow. it's almost if you're subconsciously mm-hmm. not wanting that to happen in, in a way. So when I got the information, I asked my logo designer the next day, just please change it. And then literally when it when he got it back, he was like, Well, that's much better. And I thought, yeah, the energy has changed. And now it instantly feels connected to the brand by having the woman turn around to look at my logo. And looking at the actual words, looking at the the film festival, so to speak, in this in this lettering, it feels like she really is connected to the brand and the clients and the promise of the brand. Really, is like full alignment now. The words have been totally out of alignment before. Wow, that is like we have to even think about our logos in yeah. business to feng shui. Our- yeah, it really uh, is. That's I cool. didn't think that until she told me. But feng shui is everywhere. It's not just in say a house a lot of the people assume right. way, she says yeah. it's a secret like it's, it's a home yes it is but it's actually everywhere it's branding it's outside it's in you it is 24 7 and it's constantly flowing energy so it's not just in a home but it's everywhere that's not making me think of my logo because there's only white and black in it and the faces are facing each other right um huh. I'll, I'll look at it for you and i'll have a peek um if i spot anything but I'll, the white's good oh the, no the white's good the Too much good. black is not good. <laughs> Do you know who made it for me? My little sister. Oh, that's sweet. That's really <laughs> Isn't that cute? <laughs> she made my dad's logo as well. That, she's just, she's talented. Very talented. She's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. So cosmic ordering. What is cosmic ordering for people who don't know what that is? And why is it important? So cosmic ordering is essentially asking the universe for what you want. So it's like going into Mm -hmm. a restaurant and you say, I'd like to order pizza chips and um, a bottle of Coke. 
So that's that's placing your order. Okay. So it's kind of doing that with the universe. So it's something that this is like something that's not brand new. It's been around forever since the Bible, actually. But then a woman mm. that introduced me to this was um, uh, one of my mentors called Ellen Watts. And she shared with me in her book and also to me as a student, her cosmic ordering technique. So what she says is that when you want to ask the universe what you really want, you say it in this way. So she taught me to say, what I really want is, for example, let's say, a parking space upon my arrival to... Um, uh, to Bishop's Arts in Dallas, Texas. And then at the end, you mm-hmm. say, for the good of all concerned. And I was like, oh, mm. okay. And okay. she says, you have to say this at the end. It's really important that you say that those final words, for the good of all concerned, because um, when you finish your order with that sentence, it, what it ensures is that no one should ever lose out in order for you to gain. So it's, um. it's that like that. And I was like, oh, okay. So she does it all the time when she places orders and, and so do I. So when you do that, you then get what you ask for. But obviously cosmic ordering is not easy. I have to say, it's not something you can say like, I really want us to get married next week or next month. Right. It's not that kind. You have to break the orders down to bite-sized chunks. Like the parking eight, the parking one is a really good example. Um, so for example, you have to kind of say, right, before you leave, I can't have the t- I'm not bothered to go and look around for parking spaces around Dallas. I really haven't got the time. So I wanted to ask one in advance. Then you just know and you have to trust and have the faith when you're driving around and looking for parking space, one comes available. And it always happens. You just literally say that order, forget about it, get in the car, and you get the space. And just exactly. Uh... That's funny because I always do that, but now I'm going to add for all good at concern at the end. Yeah. I'm going to do that because I always end up finding a parking space and everyone tells me that you're very lucky. And I say, well, I say that I'm going to find one right in front. And I always exactly. Do, so. <laughs> there you go. So it kind of <laughs> maybe, but then when you actually are explicit and you actually focus on what you want, you'll get it quicker. And they, and they, and you know, you're, you're working with such co-creation with the universe. Um, and that's what it is. Um, but it is important that um, you don't wish anything bad, obviously absolutely because then it's creates for yourself bad karma um but it's always a case of about you what you want for yourself and therefore it's delivered to you so obviously at the restaurant order you you order that for you not for someone else that's your order it's for your pleasure exactly could you have a story like a specific person yeah the one i like i call it i call it the um louise cosmic order louise so mm-hmm. um, that's quite a memorable order. I've always never forgotten that order ever since I placed it. Um, I write about it in the book, but it's one that I think is really sweet. So Luis is one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. and He's a wonderful guy. And Ellen mentioned that it's okay to place a cosmic order that involves someone else if this person is someone who is part of your inner circle or you know, and it's, it's mm-hmm. a, that, not like a random person, but someone who's part of your inner circle, shall we say. So I met him um, at a film festival when I was working on a film that he was in and met in Arizona. We had just a very close bond we met and we'd always see each other when I was in America because I'm back and forth to the US and I moved to the US very shortly. Um, obviously, I've had problems getting there with Corona, but I'm on my way there. Right. So I always go, I'm back and forth to the US all the time before. I'm always in the US and I'd always see him when I was there because he lives in the US. So I was in the US for two months once. It was last year. And I was going to fly over and see him because I was going to a film festival where he lives in, in Dallas. And he came over to me every night. And I really wanted him to hang out with me on my birthday. But obviously, I was in L.A. and he was in Dallas. So I thought, mm-hmm. well, he's got no reason at all to come 
to LA apart from seeing me. So I thought, right, I'll prepare myself to ask him. He wants to come and hang out. So I thought I'll place a cosmic order. So I said to myself out loud, what I really want is to celebrate my birthday with Louise during the month of August uh, for the good of all concerned. I didn't specify like LA or Dallas or somewhere else. I was just open to celebrating anywhere. But I had a little Mm -hmm. bit of doubt in my back of my mind. I was thinking, well, I wasn't sure how it would be able to come together because I mean I wasn't asking for a lot but I mean I was a little bit disbelief because I thought well how could he get there when the how and the what and the why it came up to me a little bit right so I thought well whatever so I just I placed it and then I kind of forgot about it really I moved it definitely moved attachment to it so I remember when I was about to meet in that evening I was planning to ask him at that point during the evening if he would be up for coming to LA to celebrate my birthday with me and then when he arrived um to the cinema he got out of the uber and then he said, oh, hey, how long are you going to be in L.A. for? I said, oh, I'm here for two months. And he went, oh, that's great. Um, I'm going to be coming to L.A. with my brother towards the end of August to see my aunt. I was like, oh, when? And he told me the dates. And I was like, well, that's on like in that week. And I said, well, let's hang out and meet my birthday. He was like, yeah, why not? So we just met. <laughs> so That's so sweet. so sweet. But it almost... I think a moral of that story and something I always talk about Ellen and talk about in the book as well, it's so sweet is that to trust your cosmic order will be, will be delivered, but not always in the way that you expect it to come on a control. So it shows right. miracles happen, but anything's possible. Because I was always thinking, well, how could he get here? Why has he got this to do with his job? So all those things, but it's like, well, the timing was right. So and he was there. That's amazing. When's your birthday? Birthday is 25th of August. 25th? Yeah. Oh, I'm the 29th. I'll say, are you a Virgo? Yes, we're both, both Virgos. Virgos are great. <laughs> I love it. We are great. I'm a triple oh, Virgo. Wow. That I've never heard of. Yes. It's pretty rare and it can be challenging at times, but there's not a lot of people like me, which is pretty cool. Wow, a triple Virgo. <laughs> That's a new one. Wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that you, so you just, it's through and through, it's, it's, it's the. Through and through. I think I act. I just am. So my rising, my sun, and my moon are all Wow. Through. Oh, my God. That is a first yeah. of its kind. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> Do you know by any chance your human design? Are you familiar with human design? No. What, what's that? So I believe that you're a projector like me because the way you were talking about how uh, you can't really do a nine to five, you didn't, ve- you didn't feel very yeah. fulfilled. That's usually something that projectors uh, feel that they can do. For example, like somebody has to go to work for eight hours, but we can do the, that same amount of work in like two or three yeah, hours. That sounds about right. Sounds about right. And we're also here to guide. Right. Really. Oh, wow. So what you're doing, what your career is, it's like this, you're guiding or leading right. people. Oh, that sounds about me. That, that sounds like you like me, in fact. It's the lead of my niche kind of business. It's a lead. So it's like, a, it's your energy type. So it's based on different um, healing mod- modalities like Kabbalah. And it's, it's really interesting. So I would like totally look into that to learn more about yourself as well. I did an episode on it and it was really 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 eye-opening and it it changes your life oh for wow the oh fantastic well i'm definitely gonna look into that that's a new one thank you yes of course uh so can we talk about some new ways to manifest that you talked about in your book 
for anyone who's listening, who's feeling kind of stuck? Yes. So when I was first getting into the world of spirituality, um, I was always saying, I'm reading these magazines that told me how to affirm what I wanted and to manifest what I wanted. So they, I'd always say things in the morning. Mm-hmm. I am a strong businesswoman who has a very busy, thriving business and I am confident. I'm in the best health, all this kind of thing. But they kind of helped me to a degree, but I felt like something was missing and I needed help in terms of how to really like, put them into a, a solid manifestation then, uh, kind of thing. Right. So I read books, but I was still a bit like, it's still overwhelming, to be honest. So a friend of mine told me to talk with her colleague and her dear friend, Nand Harjani, who runs a, a practice called Creative Life Sciences in Long Beach, California. And what I told him my manifestation was he said, well, they're not specific. They're not particularly got much clarity or focus. So the reasons why mm-hmm. your outcomes are quite general and a bit confusing and not what wanted was because um, they needed to be more detailed and change the wording. So it could change, it could change um. the energy behind the intention. I was like, oh, okay. So there's, there's not any focus and it's or exactness or precision. So he said, what we need to do is change it because at the minute it was a bit vague and a bit general. So he told me um, to change this around. So where I used to say, I believe and trust in the universe, he said, okay, let's unpack it. So he changed it to a much longer one, but it worked. So, so now I say, it is my intent to have no fear and self-doubt within me and to completely trust the direction the universe is guiding me through for the sake of continuously enchanting and growing my relationships my business and myself so that was a lot more specific and detailed and when I said it the first time I felt actually grounded but also my perception Um, and mindset kind of changed so every morning I used to emphasize certain words like I it is my intent to have no fear and self-doubt within me and to completely trust a direction in the verses guiding me through for the sake of enchanting and growing my, my relationships, myself, and my business. So I'd say it like I meant it, in other words. And actually, by being more detailed, I could actually visualize it than I could before, which was very, I couldn't have any pictures. I only had like vague pictures, or there wasn't particularly any kind of striking imagery in my head to visualize it. It was very much a bit of a void. <laughs> so he helped me a lot mm. in terms of just able to manifest and visualize at the same time to really feel it and then for it to come together by knowing what I wanted and being specific when I said it each morning so that really helped me because at first I was a bit stuck um but when you say it like you mean it you get it and this is where being a Virgo helps the attention yeah, exactly, to detail because I'm exactly <laughs> like you is that like the amount of spreadsheets and lists I have is like ridiculous um but it it's it's same uh, it's here madness as you know yeah i love that (laughs) all the time that's great so do you think there are any other like ways that we're manifesting things that we're not really aware of yeah um i think so a lot of us do manifest unconsciously like you know they they kind Mm. of like want like the car car parking space you told me earlier so you're kind of doing a yes but it's maybe sometimes some people like myself is that I had very bad anxiety when I was younger. Then when I know I've said it out loud mm-hmm. and I can then picture it and then I can feel it, then I can relax a bit more. Because some people can just visualize it and that's enough and they can then let go of it and they can dream it. Um, people have different ways of attachments, different ways of doing things. But like a Virgo, as you know, is that we get very, you know, we can get very highly strong when things aren't in order. 
and yes. that can be a bit yes. too stressful so for me I like it to be as as possible but I think we're all doing it when our intentions are for the good of all concern and for the best intent and we can picture it we can do it and our dreams tell us too um but it's definitely something where I like to be very precise <laughs> um <laughs> yeah <laughs> I hear you your own business it's important to be precise as well knowing what you want for the client and for for the business and for yourself obviously but it is crucial to have that um precision but also flexibility like with the louise um cosmic order is i was kind of mm. like it was almost like i didn't believe it was going to happen to the point where the universe i let it go that much so i was just more focused upon asking him why i'd say but he asked it for me and i was like oh and that's the order coming i couldn't i couldn't believe it when i saw it but i was like wow and it's in, it's in alignment everything is coming together and it's good that it happened because we used to think about the how, like, this is not possible. Every Anything is possible when you believe it and you have the faith. Well said. So where do you see your business in the next five years or you, yourself just spiritually? I see it growing because I've, um, I, um, obviously I'm in LA, but I'm not there at the moment. But it's a very mm-hmm. spiritual place, as you probably know and um lots of people there mm-hmm. that really dig this book and dig um what i do so i think i'll be having a different client base there because i have a lot of clients in the film industry obviously for my my sole purpose job my my company so that's growing and thriving and i also think that my other side of me where i help people tune into their sole purpose will become more of a frequent thing i'll be doing more coaching one-to-one for it um because i help them you know really just tune in and feel it and figure out what it is they are born to do I um, think I might be doing it in a group coaching course soon as well next year. Um, so there's lots of things that are in the pipeline and coming, to, coming together. But right now it's all about the book. Thank you. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Where can everybody find you if they want to hire so, you or just talk to you because oh, you're you fantastic. Much. I really appreciate that. That's really sweet. <laughs> you're great as well. I have to get people to watch your uh, podcast all the time. Oh. It's like really Really thank you so the best thank place so to, to research and find me what, what i do and how i can help in the book and my companies is to go onto my website which is rebecca smith.com and you can find me on instagram which is at rebecca film dr thank you so much for coming on again and i hope you enjoy you the too. rest thank of your you day so much. we appreciate it take care Bye. of course thank you Let's take a short break. I wanted to talk about, obviously, I'm all for small female-run businesses, and I have to shout out to Lola's in New Jersey. That's at Lola's NJ on Instagram. It's run by Melanie Gibson. She is 23 years old, and she owns her own business. She carries the cutest sets, the best sets for your work-from-home wardrobe, best accessories, all designer inspired, great jewelry at affordable prices. And she supports other female owned businesses. Obviously, I had to get behind that and I had to collaborate with her. So shop lolasnj.com or go on Instagram and tell her I sent you. Enjoy. Happy shopping.
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to give you a friendly reminder. If you like what you're listening to, if you like my content, if you like my podcast episodes, really appreciate ratings on Apple, reviews, subscribe, share to your friends, family, anyone you really think would benefit it. And thank you always for the support.